0: Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Minimalist Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Carney, an outdoor and environmental writer and author of the book, Outdoor Minimalist, Wasteless Hiking, Camping, and Backpacking. The Outdoor Minimalist Podcast has a goal to give listeners actionable ways to waste less hiking, camping, backpacking, and more during every step of their process. Your impact outdoors starts long before you hit the trail and goes beyond leave-no-trace ethics. You'll learn how to identify sustainable outdoor brands, how to ask hard questions regarding sustainability, and begin to shift and evolve your mindset to integrate minimalism into all of your outdoor pursuits. Happy New Year, Outdoor Minimalist listeners. It is crazy to me that we started the show back in the fall of 2021, and we have now successfully completed the year of 2022 together. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know that 2022 was a big year for us. And I just wanna say thank you again to each and every one of you that tunes into the show each week and welcome to any new listeners that may be joining us today. The show is not possible without all of you or all the wonderful guests that make these interviews possible. If you love the show and you wanna show your support, it would mean a lot to us if you went over to Apple Podcasts and left a review. Reviews help small shows like ours find the right listeners and are a great way to give us feedback. And if you want even more Outdoor Minimalist content and updates, sign up for our weekly newsletter on theoutdoorminimalist.com. All right, with that, in episode 67 of the Outdoor Minimalist podcast, we are jumping back into the topic of apparel with a new spin. You know that I love talking about textiles and textile production on the show, but today we aren't necessarily talking about how textiles are made. Instead, for this episode, I sat down with Jeremy Lux, the creator of Illumin Collect, to discuss how their outdoor brand is making outdoor recreation more accessible to adventurers of all demographics across the United States. Jeremy grew up with a love for action sports, the outdoors, and travel. As he got older, he wanted to find a way to help others experience the same opportunities he did, which inspired him to start Illumin Collect. They create adventure-inspiring apparel to build outdoor communities that give back. To date, Illumin has donated over $28,000 to nonprofits that are making the outdoors more accessible, sustainable, and welcoming. Adventuring plans on your calendar? Remember to grab your lava linens travel towel on your way out the door. Founded by a mother-daughter team, Lava Linens crafts durable, luxurious travel towels as a more sustainable and better performing alternative to microfiber and cotton towels. Powered by flax and hemp, they're designed to be by your side for years to come. Use the code Minimalist for 15% off your next order. So thank you for joining me today, Jeremy. I'm really looking forward to learning more about your company and all of its civic engagement. But before we get to all of that, can you tell me a little bit about how first you fell in love with outdoor spaces and then how outdoor recreation fits into your life today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me on, first of all. So I am in Missouri now, but I actually grew up in Virginia in a very small town, kind of by the Chesapeake Bay area. I graduated with like 100 kids in my class, just for reference of how small it was. So growing up, Getting outside was kind of the thing to do, you know, going outside and, you know, with your friends in middle school and building forts and exploring through the woods and and doing all that stuff. So that was just kind of, you know, playtime naturally, I guess, for me, as I got older into high school and whatnot, actually sort of took a, a different form where I was still getting outside, but I really actually fell in love with riding BMX bikes. So on the weekends and stuff, rather than exploring the woods necessarily, you know, we'd, we'd spend a lot of time outside riding around town, going in the woods, building trails, that kind of stuff. And that kind of really, really stuck with me growing up, just being able to, even when I was a kid, just, just playing outside was kind of the the freedom and the creativity that came with getting outside and then having the extension of, you know, the, the BMX bike as well. You know, the creativity as far as tricks, I'll call them to do that. So that was kind of really a big part of, you know, my early years. And then I guess that that sort of grew, and kind of kind of everything with Illumin and what we're doing now kind of stemmed from that experience. With riding bikes, I worked at a summer camp at Camp Woodward, which is in Pennsylvania. It's in the middle of, I guess, the Mount Nittany, the mountains, whatever. It was smack. Dab, it was right outside of State College, Pennsylvania. So it's kind of in the middle of the nowhere. There's so when you're not riding the skate parks and stuff there, you know, you're you're outside, rock climbing, floating on the river, hiking, doing all this stuff in the in the mountains. There, those experiences, you just kind of really fell in love with that. And then growing and kind of progressing and meeting different people that traveled from from Australia and New Zealand and England and all these different places to visit the camp kind of opened up my experience more or less for for traveling and experiencing different things outside. So that's kind of where it all kind of started in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And what made you move to Missouri? I'm just curious. It's like an interesting move to me.
1: So that once again goes back to uh, the whole BMX bike. So when I graduated college, I had travel plans to visit some of my friends in Australia later that year that I met at that camp. So I worked at the summer camp again. And while I was there, I met my now wife, Reagan there, who's from Missouri Springfield, and she was working there as well. And her and I hit it off. And after camp was over and between that, that lull between my trip, I, well, I don't have anything to do. So I drove out here with her and stayed out here for a couple months and left on my trip to Australia for a month, went back home for a little bit gathered all my stuff and, and made the move so <laughs>
0: that's awesome <laughs> what a wonderful story yeah i haven't spent a lot of time in missouri but i've heard a lot of really fun things about that area of the country i would always like to visit like missouri arkansas i feel like that it's kind of like a hidden gem in the outdoor rec space
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no it definitely is You know, so we're kind of in Southwest Missouri and, you know, there's Table Rock Lake is really close to us. So there's a lot of water activities, a lot of, a lot of different hiking, you know, if you go farther down South, there's, I don't know if I'd necessarily call them mountains, but uh, more mountainous kind of down that way. So, so there's definitely a lot to explore and, and, you know, like even where we live now, you know, we're outside of the city, so we're, we're living in the country. So there's a lot of, a lot of green space from that sense, even though it's, it, it is considered a, a city and it's really interesting. You know, I've, I've been here since I guess 2014 and it's been cool to watch the outdoor community here kind of grow from when I first got here to sort of where it is now, especially with the the whole mountain bike scene and and trails and that kind of stuff those communities have kind of really just like flourished. And you know, of course water has always, or water activities have already been, always been popular, but it's great for kind of whatever you're into, unless if what you're into is snow sports, um, you're not gonna have much luck with that here.
0: <laughs> yeah, does it really snow that much there at all?
1: You might get six inches once a year, hmm. twice a year maybe. Okay. You'll get ice, you'll get, you'll get enough to close schools, but not enough to have a lot of snow fun in. <laughs> oh, sad. I love snow, yeah. so that's so
0: disappointing. <laughs> but a lot of other really fun things to do. So you get to choose your activity that way. And with Illumin, did that kind of, was that born after you moved to Missouri or has that been a thought that you had for a while and it just kind of came to fruition when you settled there?
1: So I, it was born here, born here, that sounds funny, but yeah, I was born here. But I mean, I, I guess, you know, as a kid growing up, I always kind of have it, had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit of, you know, I, I wanna do, you know, my own thing, be my own boss, you know, that kind of thought. like. I drew like bike parts and did that kind of stuff, and you know created you know these fake brands as as a kid. But when I when I moved here, eventually I, I kind of revisited not necessarily those specific ideas, but hey, like what what can I do? What can I create for my own? And that's when I kind of looked back at. My experiences, once again, you're seeing a theme here with with riding BMX bikes from the people I met, from obviously my wife, and now we have three kids, traveling to many places all over the world, kind of all rooted back to that one activity, and so that was kind of my idea was... Okay, you know, now I'm settling in, I have time to kind of work on a side project, what would that look like? And that was sort of like kind of feeling fortunate for my experiences and wanting to figure out how to help others experience the outdoors or riding BMX or whatever that might be, just kind of a general just being outside. And that's that's really where the initial idea for a Lumen came from. And it's kind of progressed from that start, you know, after doing some research, because honestly, at at the time when I I did have the initial idea, I wasn't really that aware of all the various nonprofits that did good things outside, you know, besides, you know, obviously, you know, the organizations that clean up trash and, you know, the simple ones that, you know, everybody can kind of think of. But, you know, organizations that were doing a lot of uh, programs for at-risk youth and a lot of accessibility for people with varying needs to get them outdoors and do these different activities. And that kind of really inspired me, you know, to grow something for myself, but also grow something that was helping someone else along the way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And for listeners that don't know, can you just explain briefly what Illumin is?
1: Yeah, so Illumin, our mission is to make adventure-inspiring apparel to build outdoor communities that give back. And so we do that by partnering with nonprofits that are making the outdoors more accessible, sustainable, and welcoming. And that comes from a, a couple of different ways. Basically, you know, we we donate 20% of each sale each month to a, a specific nonprofit partner. So for example, you know, May will have a specific partner. December will have a specific partner and kind of rotate out that way with the idea to raise Raise awareness for them, but raise funds for them as well for whatever their mission is, you know, whether it's trail building, cleaning up these different programs for these different individuals and different needs.
0: Have you found that most of the programs that you work with or nonprofits are pretty local to your area or do you kind of branch out?
1: So kind of branch out a little bit. There are, I don't know, maybe four or so that we've worked with here locally around the area. There's a handful in Virginia. There's a handful in uh, Colorado. We've worked with an organization that's uh, actually, they're based in New York, but they do their work in Libidos, uh, Peru, Florida. So kind of all over the place as far as the locations.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. So (laughs) when we first connected, one of the main things that stood out to me about Illumin was kind of that focus on the community impacts, because a lot of people that I have on the show really, really strictly focus on environmental impacts. And both of them are very important and they seem to be present in your company values. So how have you found ways to balance that, to have that focus on sustainability while also integrating that community aspect?
1: Yeah, well, so I I feel like it's almost kind of come natural in a sense just because of the varying nonprofits that we have worked with and then even you know for the the guests that we have on our podcast are kind of diverse in that way as well you know one month we'll we'll focus on a nonprofit you know James River Basin partnership for example that's here locally and they're really about cleaning up the waterways and water quality in our streams and lakes and rivers around here so they do a lot of that specific kind of environmental stuff and then as far as the next month it might be beyond boundaries which, which is an organization in, in Richmond, Virginia, that does a lot of outdoor recreation programs for individuals in wheelchairs or vision impairment and uh, other needs like that. And I think, you know, they're, they're each accomplishing different things within the outdoors, but they're each kind of building their own community or already have their own community that are passionate about that thing. And I think the idea with them partnering with Illumin is kind of to expand that community and help connect, you know, a community that's in Virginia with a community that's in Missouri and and kind of spread ideas that way.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of just building almost a network of people that kind of have all these shared values and want to achieve a lot of the same things. So that's that's awesome. And how did you decide that this is like, yes, Illumin is gonna work with these nonprofits and make the outdoors more accessible. How did you land on that? Was there a specific experience where, or was it like a culmination of your life experiences?
1: To be honest with you, I'm trying to think where that specifically came from, but I guess it would be a, a culmination of kind of my experiences in trying to figure out how to do that to be honest so when i first started Illumin or the idea i guess before it had a name the one thought was to kind of work with different graphic artists and do like a super limited edition run and you know it would turn into the next supreme <laughs> but it's somewhere you know in that beginning phase is kind of when i started thinking about okay how can i still stay involved as i get older eventually have kids at some point get married at some point which i wasn't at the time stay involved with that lifestyle. And that's kind of I think it was more of a curiosity aspect of it, of kind of doing some research and then learning about some local ones here. When I first moved out in this area, nonprofits that were doing that stuff. And sometime along that journey, that's kind of when the aha moment happened of how to give back and support those that are, you know, boots on the ground and and doing the good. How how can we be the voice and and the resource to kind of amplify that?
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when it comes to the accessibility part of your business, what and why was accessibility like the focus? Did you see a lot of barriers when it came to like areas that you were going to recreate, that they weren't as accessible as they should be? Or what were the main barriers that you found when it came to accessibility and outdoor recreation that kind of led to this specific mission?
1: So I feel like with accessibility can kind of be viewed in two different ways. And I guess initially I was thinking of, of it in this first way, which is you know, maybe you're a kid and your your family isn't maybe well off enough, especially thinking from my upbringing in action sports, you know, to afford a BMX bike so they can go to the skate park and they can experience these things and, and get out of the streets and do these and find, you know, good people to be around in that case and role models and stuff like that. So I guess initially I was sort of thinking of those types of limitations that individuals might have or what they look like or which gender they like, you know, those, those things, all these barriers that we have kind of now naturally. And then kind of as as my research kind of progressed of these different nonprofits and trying to and find these other ones, that's kind of when my own ignorance never thought about, well, what about the the kid in the wheelchair or the person with a walking cane or these these other more physical and, and mental challenges that people might have where they are being limited from the outdoor. So it was kind of like I said, it kind of started from those different, you know, resources, beliefs, the things that were limiting them from that aspect. And then it kind of gradu or not graduated, but it, it kind of transitioned to to also being the the different physical and mental limitations. And then that's when, you know, you you find these different nonprofits like beyond boundaries and and whatnot. And you're like, how, how are you making this happen for these people? And you see these awesome, amazing smiles. And, and so that was just kind of inspiring. So that felt like I was a kind of a ramble, but that's kind of, kind of how, how that became sort of so important.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that makes a lot of sense because if you have a lot of those ideas and you want to help, a lot of times I feel like people sometimes put too much onto their plate, but like to build a network like that so you can kind of not necessarily outsource, but collaborate with other people to achieve that goal is amazing. And you mentioned a couple of the nonprofits that you work with. And if you want to name specific ones, I can make sure to link to those in the show notes as well. But how do you actually work with them other than just donating money to them in order to kind of bridge those gaps in accessibility that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. So there's been a 17 that we've worked with, so I would guarantee to forget somebody or leave somebody off the, off the list. (laughs) Right now it's mainly just being able to support them and help raise awareness for them. So, you know, as I, as I sort of hinted, you know, we have our own podcast life in Motion, as well. A lot of our guests are either nonprofits that we've worked with or nonprofits that we hope to work with in the future as we grow. So, you know, the idea behind that is, is to share their stories and, and help raise awareness for them, you know, with them sharing it within their communities or interviewing a nonprofit in Florida that gets inspired to. Do something similar in their own community in Colorado and create those connections that way. And then kind of the same way, you know, obviously the the community collection, as we call the specific collaborations with them monetarily. So right now, that's just kind of our main focus is to help with that awareness and help with their their fundraising efforts in that way. But as Illumin Lumen grows and we have more resources, uh, personally, I, I, it, it's kind of really my goal is kind of to be able to be more sort of boots on the ground for these different organizations, uh, especially the ones, you know, the, the ones that are here in Springfield, I can go out and help James River Basin Partnership or, or Greenways or any of that stuff. But I can't necessarily, you know, take a trip to Colorado very easily. But to be able to kind of expand that where, you know, we can kind of back up what we're doing as far as, hey, here's a group of people we're going to help. With this project, maybe you're widening a trail for wheelchair access, or cleaning up the streams, or having a maybe rally is a too strong of a word, but if you're an environmental organization that's trying to protect some public land for you know clearing or whatever that might be, you know to help with those efforts. So. Really kind of as, as a lumen grows, I, I see it being an opportunity to be more boots on the ground and in, in actually physically helping those people uh, or those organizations that are, are so passionate about these causes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. How do you choose which nonprofits you work for or work with not work for? Because I feel like there are so many really amazing ones. How do you ensure that they align with your values and that the collaboration will be successful?
1: Yeah, it is hard, I'll say that. So over the years, it's it's kind of been a couple of different iterations of who we worked with, how frequently, with different nonprofits. Like for example, when we first started, we only worked with four for the year and we partnered with the same one for three months and kind of rotated it in quarters. And then now, as I mentioned before, now it's one every month, it's kind of progressed that way. but. Initially it was ones that I was familiar with or got to know pretty quickly. And then as the numbers grew, a lot of the introductions and, and people that we found were actually guests on our podcast. So either Googling or finding somebody on Instagram and, you know, asking them to come on and, and share their story. And that's to me, that's really when I know that it with the ones I've never heard of before to to kind of get a better feel of hey this is this is a good fit for like what Illumin cares about because you you hear their stories and their their impact and you can hear the emotion in their voice when they're sharing stories about the participants or whatnot so that's been a really good way for us to not only share other nonprofit stories but also vet is also a strong word but to kind of see who kind of fits and aligns with our mission and goals. So for the past couple of years, it's kind of been you know just casually reaching out, hey, do you wanna do this? And that's kind of how it was for 2022. But for the, the coming year, we actually made things a little more official where we've had the nonprofits have an application process almost and give them an opportunity to share their story, their impact, some of those specific things. And then actually create a committee within Illumin and I guess I'll say friends of Illumin as well to sort of, you know, have a fair ranking of, hey, I think this nonprofit is doing something really awesome. We should support them. So it's more of a a collective effort to make sure we're helping everybody we can rather than me just looking at them and saying yes and no to kind of make things more fair that way. So that's kind of how things are are moving into the future as far as the selection goes.
0: Oh, okay. And is that application available on your website? So if any of the listeners maybe work for a nonprofit or know of one, I'd be able to share that link.
1: It is not right now. Uh, So (laughs) at this time, we have actually already sent that out to them. And uh, so all of our nonprofit partners have been selected for 2023, just to make sure that we have enough time for the planning between the promotion, the the design of the of their specific art and all that good stuff. However, probably around June-ish is when we put that out. So we'll have something on our website, which you can find under the community collection tab on our website where they could apply. And then we also reach out individually to these different nonprofits that we worked with in the past, ones that we haven't worked with yet, or have reached out to in the past as well. So in about a half a year from now, then you'll be able to find that.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. I'll still be sure to put the link to the website in case people want to check it periodically or look back in June. So that podcast sounds like it has been a really good avenue for you to kind of like make those connections and build those relationships and also kind of spread that advocacy and awareness, which is super important. Do you think that that is a good way for all companies to kind of help make the outdoor spaces more accessible? Or how do you think other companies can kind of start to integrate that into their business model?
1: So for me personally, when I was thinking about the podcast, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can think about, it. obviously for somebody who does have a large marketing budget, you know, you're, you're working with other people that will. You know share your story you're sharing their story vice versa so you kind of pat each other's back that way but also kind of taking it even kind of a step further you know our mission is to build outdoor communities that give back i want to inspire people to try that new thing take that adventure think about helping others in whatever way cleaning up I want them to think about that stuff whether they purchase a t-shirt from us or not so that was kind of the idea: is you know maybe somebody doesn't have the money to buy a shirt or maybe somebody doesn't like the designs or you know whatever that might be i still want to make an impact on that person so how can we do that and that's kind of where the idea was to Share these stories, like I said, specifically of the nonprofits, but also we've kind of branched out into, you know, other businesses that are sort of like minded, specific individuals that have traveled or live a different lifestyle or anything like that to kind of share their kind of outdoor and personal stories. To really help people open their eyes up to what is kind of possible within the outdoors and kind of help them break down, you know, not only the barriers for people around them, but also, you know, sometimes their own mental barriers that, that people stick with, you know, whether, oh, I can't do this. I don't have the time or I don't have X or Y or Z to kind of help. Hey, you can do this. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really how the idea came about to kind of be an extension of that. And going back to other companies and brands, I think that's important to emphasize what you're about and tell those people's stories for your audience, for that reason, not necessarily uh, for a selfish reason or to get a big sponsorship check or whatever from, you know, for your podcast. And that's great too, but to have a a purpose and a mission behind it that aligns with what your brand is. And so, you know, I think that just brings additional value. And if you're looking to build a community, I think that's a way to kind of help create that community and continue to build and kind of spread that brand awareness that way.
0: Yeah, always kind of returning to your why and your values, I like that. Yeah. And over the span of time that Illumin has existed and you've grown and kind of met all of these people and had these experiences, do you think that your personal perspective on like how you get outside has changed at all and like how you interact with the outdoor spaces and people that you meet?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. I mean, it's, I will say <laughs> from my wife and I, you know days of traveling and and doing a bunch of that stuff to these different outdoor activities has changed quite a bit since our kids we have three under four so it's a little hectic so our outdoor adventures look a little bit different now going to our local parks around outdoors in the backyard and that kind of stuff but you know you're definitely listening to these different stories and individuals i'm definitely more mindful i guess when i'm outside or you know honestly even in the public you know, of of different people and different things that might be barriers to them and just kind of thinking about that. And I guess more or less putting yourself in other people's shoes, I feel like is probably the biggest impact, I guess, on myself from listening to these other stories and these other ideas, you know, whether it's how to think about the accessible trail or me making those own barriers in my mind of, hey, we can't travel because we have young kids. And then I interview a husband and wife that have four kids and they're traveling in an RV. It's like, well, if they can do it we can surely go on a weekend trip type of deal. So it's kind of changed my outlook differently. And then that's uh, the outlook has also changed as we've kind of grown our own personal family.
0: Yeah, I could see how all those experiences plus having the kids would really kind of like just it would change everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I am going to kind of adopt one of your questions that you always ask on Life in Motion podcasts. And that is what advice could you give the listeners, but like a little more specific on what advice could you give the listeners to help make outdoor spaces and outdoor sports more welcoming to everyone?
1: Yeah, so I guess I should feel honored that, you know, you use that, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) there's a lot of things. I mean, there's, you know, physical structures, there's building things and having the financial resources to build these areas and that kind of stuff. But I think it can be a lot more simple than that. And what I mean by that is not really discounting someone for how they look or the color of their skin or what type of people that they choose to like and fall in love with. You know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, if you look at somebody in a wheelchair, for instance, just because they're in a wheelchair that doesn't mean they can't rock climb or if they're vision impaired that doesn't mean they can't go white water rafting as i've seen many nonprofits do all those crazy things so i think there's those barriers or even you know from somebody with the color of their skin or oh they look like this so they probably don't want to go hike it says who you know so without like getting those conversations going with people that, you know, in your life, it's I'm not necessarily running up to, uh, you know, varying strangers, uh, in doing that, although, you know, great way to meet people, but you know, just not creating those barriers around others around you that are, that are already in your life and not discounting them just because of how they look or how they act. I mean, the outdoors is for everybody. I don't care what you think or believe or whatnot. I mean, I think we can all agree that we benefit from being in the outdoors. And I think there's ways to kind of include and get more people outdoors. I mean, kind of everybody can hit that reset button that we all need in today's crazy world in that way. So I really think it's just kind of looking at people in different lenses and trying to figure out. If you're going to go on a trip, invite the person, your friend that you think that might not do it and just see what happens from there. So I think that might be a little too simplistic, but I think that's probably the best way to start is just to have that different perspective.
0: Absolutely. And I don't think that's simplistic at all. I feel like it is like harder to do than people realize sometimes, like having to deconstruct all those preconceived notions or stereotypes about the way things are or have been in your community, I think can be more difficult to actually apply than we give credit to. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for that advice. It was wonderful. How can listeners learn more about Illumin, all of the nonprofits and projects that you're working on, your podcast, and also shop your products?
1: Yeah. So you can find us at IlluminCollect.com. That's also all of our Instagram, Twitter, working on the TikTok thing, uh, just about all the social media platforms. We're better on some than others, but just at IlluminCollect as well. And from the website, you can find a link to the podcast. There's a tab up top. And there's also, if you go to the community collection on the website, it's usually listed right there on the front, but I also list out all of our, our different nonprofits. And like I said, each month we filter through a different organization and work with them. So it's always changing, always unique. And, and I'll also kind of put the plug in, You know, it's 20% of all of the online sales for that month. So it doesn't just have to be the design of that month. So if you go on there and you don't really like the design with you know X nonprofit, but you like another shirt, part of that purchase still goes to them at the end of the day anyway. So yeah, you can check us out there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And I'll be sure to link to all of those things in the show notes so people can check them out later. But with that, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show.
1: Thank you. It was a blast.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, let me know. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Instagram at outdoor.minimalist.book or subscribe to our weekly newsletter at theoutdoorminimalist.com for even more updates, educational resources, and to help build an outdoor community with a shared goal to create a better outdoor space as we recreate.